0: Welcome to the Top Order Podcast. It's that time of year again, the 2022 Indian Premier League about to get underway with KKR taking on CSK in the first game on the 27th of March. We're going to give you all the runners and riders a Baldwin explainer and predictions on this preview episode, all coming up on the Top Order Podcast. Stay tuned. Well, Baldi, it wouldn't be a major tournament or series without an explainer, which have become famous in Baldwin Towers here in Phongapurora. So introduce us to this 2022 Indian Premier League for sponsorship reasons, the Tata IPL 2022. DLF, no more DLF maximums this year.
1: No, Tata, the big consultancy firm out of India is the sponsor for this, the 15th edition of the Indian Premier League, kicking off on the 26th of March, running for fully two months and finishing on the 29th of May. So we're going to have two whole months of IPL cricket coming your way 74 matches across that two-month window 10 teams this year so the Gujarat Titans and the Lucknow Super Giants not just regular Giants but Super Giants will join the eight existing franchises in this 15th edition of the IPL as you said Adam it all kicks off with CSK and KKR on the 26th of March at the Wankhede Stadium in Mumbai a replay of last year's 2021 grand final look big changes to rosters as we'll talk about Only four players from each of those existing franchises could be retained. Lucknow and Gujarat were allowed a pick of three players from that pool prior to the auction, and everybody else went under the hammer. Look, the auction was so exciting that we almost lost the auctioneer at one point. Fortunately, <laughs> he made a speedy recovery, and the auction was completed as scheduled. Look, key features coming out of that auction, Ishan Kishan uh, went back to the Mumbai Indians at 15.25 crore, so that's a cool US $2 million. And Liam Livingston, the England player, the highest-paid overseas player at 11.5 crore, or US. 1.5 million dollars he's gone to the punjab kings this year a new format is going to be on offer in ipl 15 we have pool play in this version of the ipl but each team will still play 14 games in that round robin format they will play each team in their own pool twice there's two pools of five Uh, each team in the opposite pool once and they will have a bonus match against and one of that one of the teams in the opposite pool twice so they'll play four teams once one team twice plus their own uh, pool games five two times each that makes fourteen games. So, for example, Mumbai Indians will play CSK twice, KKR and Sunrisers will square off twice, RCB and the Ro- uh, and the Royals will uh, square off twice. So that'll be a, a double Royal Rumble. Uh, the Delhi Caps <laughs> and the and the Punjab Kings will square off, and the two new teams, the Titans and the Super Giants, will play each other twice each. Look, the interesting thing that come out of that is that. This was not based on some kind of random allocation. This was based on seeding. So I'm not quite sure what the seeding algorithm is because last year's team that finished first in the round robin are playing the sixth team. And the team that finished fifth, where they're the Mumbai Indians, they're playing Chennai twice. So I'm not quite sure how the seeding works, but teams have been seeded and they'll play each other twice in that kind of top two thing. We'll look at who the real winners and losers of that are, but I reckon that... um, RCB and Delhi look to be the real winners of that seeding algorithm. And Mumbai and CSK having to play off against each other look to be the big losers. But we'll get to that um, in the squad breakdowns later on. Only four venues uh, at the IPL this year. The 1KD and Brabourne stadiums in Mumbai and the DY Patil Stadium in in Navi, Mumbai as well as Pune, the MC International Stadium, will host matches as well. Look, to keep things fair, they'll play roughly the same number of matches at each ground. So each team will play four matches at Wankhede, four matches at DY Patil, three matches at Brabourne and three matches at MCA. So each team will have roughly the same number of games at each of those venues. The IPL, of course, will have um, take a leaf out of the BBL book and have a really complicated final system. So Let's let's get this right. One place two, winner straight to the final. That's Thri- called the qualifier. Yes, three plays four, loser goes home. It's
2: the dominator.
1: That's, That's the, eliminator. the eliminator.
2: Eliminator. Yeah. dominator,
1: then, dominator is something else. Dominator is completely different. Then the loser from one place two and the winner from three place four they play, and then the winner of that game goes to the grand final, and they play the winner of one place two. So there'll be seventy-four games in total, four finals games, seventy round-robin games. So a big,
3: uh, a big plus for finishing in that top two. Yep, to,
1: to top a big two draw card. Top two teams get two bites of the cherry, and there will be six teams this year that won't make the playoffs. So there'll be lots more disappointed fans, I think, this year than there have been in years gone past. And that is your IPL explainer for twenty twenty-two, the Tata IPL fifteen.
2: Can I ask a question about the venues? Mm. So are the the teams travelling in in bubbles like they did last year or is everybody going to each stadium at the same time? Well, all of
1: those venues are pretty close to each other. So, I mean, relatively speaking in a country as big as India is. So two venues in Mumbai, uh, one venue close by in Navi Mumbai and uh, as I understand my geography Pune is quite close to Mumbai all on Um, all on the west coast sort of in the middle there somewhere Um, so I'm not sure in terms of the hotel arrangements but I imagine that each team will be in their own little bubble in their zone in the hotel maybe on different floors or different hotels I'm not sure Uh, but they will travel direct to those venues and back as I understand it and probably a couple of things we need to mention as well that
3: first week could be really disrupted for a lot of teams there's going to be Uh, There's a lot of series going on. New Zealand's going to be playing against the Netherlands, although for New Zealand, all of our players are being released. Uh, There's going to be England in the West Indies. I think Pakistan, Australia is still
1: going on. South Africa are playing as well, and they've just released a a statement to say that their test players are going, are effectively going to go, but there's still a little bit to unpack there. Maybe some of them will stay for the first test. So they're not quite sure. They're effectively there. I think expecting all of their IPL players to go and plan the IPL, despite there's still being some kind of delicate negotiations. I think one of the players said it will be a test of loyalty or something of, of that ilk. It's, it's, it's a really un, un, uncomfortable situation at the moment there, as far as that availability is concerned.
3: And I think, yeah, I mean, I think that is that uncomfortable is the right word to use. Because I mean, I've even seen some stuff about the New Zealand, you know, I guess, you know, you could say that we're maybe disrespecting the netherlands by not having those players there i think you certainly if south africa does it with their test lineup and the the status that the world test championship has been afforded would be a big call to basically say we think we can beat bangladesh without our
1: our top line players so well yeah, if you think, if you think about their pace attack it's Maka Janssen, he's in the ipl Lundi Ngidi, he's in the IPL. Yeah, Kagiso Rabada. Rabada is in the IPL as well. So most of their frontline pace attack are all going to feature in the IPL as well as Aidan Markram for RCB. The
2: Australians are going to be rested, aren't they? And they're not going to play in the IPL until that series is over.
3: It's a weird one, isn't
2: it? That's the, what I heard. Yeah.
3: They're, they're, some of them have not been selected for Australia, but they're also not going to feature in the IPL.
2: Until the end of the tour.
3: In, yeah, which sort of just feels like they're kind of checking a few boxes there rather than uh you know a- actually any relevant point for them doing that but
0: yeah. no,
2: is it either way you're looking at it, it's going to be a very disrupted yeah. first week or so i think yeah, so,
0: yeah, yeah. exactly well Paul, that's a fantastic explainer i might ask you to just summarize that in a couple of sentences <laughs> uh, but maybe not on this podcast we <laughs> maybe maybe do that um, afterwards but what hell of a complicated tournament but i guess the logistics of 10 teams and all of the protocols that need to be in place mean that that's the way it's going to be let's start by looking at our first team from the IPL 2022 and that is the defending champions the Chennai Super Kings
3: so let's have a rundown on how we think they're going to fare in this edition of the IPL so look we're going to try and keep it pretty snappy we're going to put five minutes on the clock for each team otherwise we genuinely could be here all night long so look that they're the 2021 winners, as you've just said, and I think actually, was certainly from our point of view, rather unexpected, I think it's fair to say. They were relatively disappointing in, in uh, 2020. Um, 2020 being, a, 2021 being a really weird year and that it was split over the two, and it was one of those seasons where CSK just kind of got on a roll, and it was particularly, I think of, when I think about that year, I think about Josh Hazelwood being sort of the, the main driver of that. Just, it sort of propelled him from, uh, you know, a bit part player maybe in that Aussie T20 side to you know, being one of their leading players and he just kept uh, that impressive run of form. But he's not there this time for them. You look at, uh, they did retain Ravi Jadeja, MS Dhoni, Moin Ali, who was also really, really crucial, and a young player, Rutaraj Gaikwad, who's now sort of developing into a, a really established player in the IPL and someone who could uh, be a big part, part for them. The other big notable point is that uh, that they've already got some injury worries with uh, particularly with Deepak Chahar, who's a, a big chunk of their bowling. Mm-hmm. He's had some problems in, in recent IPL seasons, uh, and as well this time it looks like his hamstring injury may kind of cost him the majority of the IPL. We, we shall see. We're recording this on uh, the 16th of, of March, so we'll see what happens there. And Rutaraj Gaikwad also was a bit of a hand injury, but hopefully for him it's it's not going to hold him out for too long
2: we're
0: going to look at similar categories for each of the teams so we want to talk about perhaps the most important overseas player the most important domestic player strengths and weaknesses of the team and and then maybe the one big question for each of these teams so what have we got around that lippy in terms of those categories
3: look i think if you're going to ask me from a very biased point of view i think the strength of their side is uh is devon conway um you know, I, I was going think... to say, let's
0: have five minutes on the clock for Devin, shall we? <laughs> yeah,
3: um, but but actually, I think spin is is probably their their biggest strength. Um, they've got Mohin Ali, they've got Ravi Jadeja, they've got Thikshana from Sri Lanka, and then they've also got Mitch Santna. Santna, I'm so gutted that he went back to CSK. I really, really wanted him to have an opportunity to be an actual player in this tournament. Um, he's been someone who's performed really well for New Zealand for a, for a long time at the T20 particularly at T20 cricket and he just uh, his skill set just overlaps so much with Jadeja I just don't think he's going to feature and especially when Moen Ali is your your other marquee international player overseas
2: player as well uh, w- w- just going back to Conway is he a chance to actually feature
3: here oh, I think he's got to be a lock from from when I look at the side you know I mean I, I think um, you know if we want to quickly transition to some of their weaknesses I, I think that the the batting is is potentially a weakness i mentioned guy quad we've got i th- i think conway will open or or be in the top three for them yeah. if not uh you know if not opening and then you've got Moinali ali who batted up the top of the order but then it's players like ryadu you've got ms Dhoni who's going to be in the mix somewhere then and then it's a there's a lot of all-rounders in this side ravi jadeja shivan Dubey, who i'm not a big fan of uh, on recent podcasts <laughs> Um, but And then there's Dwayne Bravo, there's Dwayne Pretorius, there's, there's sort of a lot of all-rounders and I don't, you know, that, that's been a, a path for them in, in recent times, you know, trying to get a lot of players who can do a lot of different things, but they don't look like a lineup that has a really strong top order and I think that for that reason Conway has to feature and I think he's got to play a big part, which is not surprising because we really rate his talent, but the fact that he went for such a low price could be such a, a crucial player for, for them.
0: What have you got as your unanswerable question? I've got Mahendra Singh Dhoni. Um, is he going to captain at the age of 40 all throughout the tournament? Is he going to keep wicket where you've got some other options in there as well? But what have you got as your, your big question? Lip? Well,
3: yeah, I mean, Dhoni's, Dhoni's always a question, I think. I mean, he, he's going to be someone who's, as you say, what what can he contribute? We've talked about uh, last season. I think we talked a lot about how his value seems to be almost more off the field or or on the field but not not it's sort of in that owen morgan camp that he's so valuable to be there but not necessarily from the the stats that he contributes but probably the other one is the seamers i just don't know how they replace deepak Chahar, and and if he is out for that whole season there's um look i'm going to butcher his name here but they've got uh rajivadan vadan uh hunger hunger Hunga eka um, who, which uh, I will get used to that throughout the tournament because I'm he's a young player who played in the Under-19 World Cup and looks to have a real talent and I think with Deepak Chahar not being there, he's someone who's going to have to step up and yeah, the, the way they balance this side without Chahar and, and the seamers that they use is going to be the, the big question but there goes the buzzer, it's on to the next team. Yep. so
0: questions for their seeming. We think spin is a strength and, and obviously all eyes will be on uh, Dhoni as well throughout the course of the tournament. We're going to do this alphabetically so we can be cause, uh, accused of no bias. So we move on to the Delhi Capitals um, as our uh, second team. At the moment, as the table stands, they advance to the qualifier based on the, <laughs> their, their alphabet, um, but who's got the Delhi Caps and what can we expect to see from them?
1: Yeah, I've got the Delhi Capitals. I just want to run through some of their ins and outs because that is one of the features of the Delhi Capitals this year is they have lost a lot of big-name players and they've gained a couple as well. So just to give the listeners a bit of an explainer on them, Rishabh Pant, Akshar Patel, Prithvi Shaw and Onrik Norkia are the four retained players from the auction. They've lost Ravi Ashwin to the Royals. They've lost Shimron Hetmeyer to the Royals. They've also lost Shikha Darwan and Kagisa Rabada to the Punjab Kings, as well as Shreyas Iyer to the Kolkata Knight Riders and Jason Roy, who's since pulled out of the IPL to the Gujarat Titans. So that's a lot of big first team players that the Delhi Capitals have lost in this new auction process. They have picked up a couple of big names to replace them, though. they picked up Shaldur Thakur from the Chennai Super Kings and Kuldeep Yadav from the KKR side. They've picked up Mustafa Mustafa Zur Rahman from the Rajasthan Royals as a left-arm pace option. And they've also picked up two Australians in David Warner and Mitchell Marsh, both from the Sunrisers, to replace those losses at the top of the order. So lots of ins and outs for... The Delhi side, there'll be lots of ins and outs for every side in this revamped competition, but I just feel like those big names that they've lost are going to be super impactful in terms of Delhi's fortunes this year because if you look at them up and down, they've lost a lot of Indian-based talent, mm. Ashwin, darwan uh, Ayer in particular, and they've replaced them largely with overseas players, Mustafa Zur, Warner, and Mitchell Marsh. So the balance of their team moving forward is going to be impacted by those changes at auction time.
0: Let's look at the overseas list. So who's the key standout for you? We've got to mention the New Zealand interest in Tim Seifert, although you'd hazard with Rishabh Pant uh, with the gloves. He's there really as backup, um, probably top order batting. And and if Rishabh goes down with a broken finger. But yeah, what have you got your eye on in terms of overseas players? And then their key Indian uh, contingent builder.
1: Yeah, well, let's start with the Indian contingent because I think everything now rests around a couple of Indian players. And that's Rishabh Pant. Batting at number four or number three, Prithvi Shaw and also Akshar Patel and 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 um, Thakur. So they're the four guys that they'll rely on very heavily uh, mm. as as the core of that side. They also have Bharat, who's the backup Indian Test wicketkeeper. Now I think they might have him somewhere in that side. So I don't see a place for Tim Seifert day to day in that in that lineup unless both Punt and Bharat go down, or they need to replace someone at the top of the order. In terms of those overseas players, you've got David Warner and Mitchell Marsh both coming into that side. Both having had very, very good T20 World Cups. And I think with Ricky Ponting still at the helm in charge of that Delhi side, they'll walk into the top of the order. And I think you might even see Mitchell Marsh batting at number three and Rishabh Punt coming in at number four. Um, and that means they've only got two guys to pick in terms of their bowling lineup um, from Ngidi Norkia, who's under an injury cloud at the moment. I, I heard that he's going to miss, potentially going to miss the whole tournament.
3: We might, you know, by the time this comes out, it might have come out. It sounds mm. like, you know, four or five days they, they were. You know, getting some assessments. The BCCI was trying to find out from Cricket South Africa what, what was going to, but yeah, it didn't look promising.
1: So that opens the door for um, for Mustafa Zul Raman from from Bangladesh, left armour, bowls bowls reasonable kind of swing.
0: And this is his third franchise, is that right?
1: I think he's been around. The, been around yeah. the traps a little bit as well. So he came from I can't remember where he was. He I was in Mumbai. Mumbai last year, um, but they have some backup. Pace options in Sakaria, who played last year, and Nagakoti as well, who played in the IPL last year, that will probably be on the bench. The real interesting X factor here is the 18-year-old yashto mm-hmm. He's in the Delhi, Delhi side. Where they fit him in, in terms of that middle order, maybe. Uh, maybe at five, maybe at number six, something like that. I'm not really sure. He may not start the season. They may bring him on slowly as as he goes. But I think he's the real X factor That if he comes off for them, they could be a playoff contender, but they're going to need some kind of spark. Otherwise, I can't see them making the final four.
2: From a balanced perspective, they look like one of the more balanced teams in terms of they've got some real superstars with the bat. They've Mm -hmm. got some people who can play through the middle with the all rounders there. And then they've got a good bowling lineup. even with uh, I wasn't aware that uh, Nokia wasn't going to be there. They've still got a number of international caps in their bowling line.
1: So. Absolutely. They've got backup Indian fast bowlers if someone goes down and they also have Robman Powell in there for the West Indian at the top of the order is backup for Shaw, Warner Marsh. So they have all the ingredients there. I'm just, I'm just not quite sure about this side. There's some good looking sides in this IPL and I'm not quite sure that Delhi caps have quite got top four material. I reckon they're around four or five for me right on that bubble. We'll certainly come
0: on to prediction so you can get down to the TAB, other betting services, of course, available and, and uh, uh, get your money on people that we don't back. Let's move on to the first of the expansion teams that we're going to talk about this week and that's the Gujarat Titans. So based out of our and um, yeah, as we said, their first uh, their first IPL. Um, what yep. do we rate their chances as guys?
3: Oh, well, I, I don't necessarily rate their chances too high. You might have to... Listen to the end, get all the way to the end of uh, the podcast to hear our, our full predictions. But as you said, a, a new franchise they picked up Hardik Pandya, Rashid Khan and Shubman Gill before the auction, which I would say is absolutely brilliant business. However, I was not so convinced by kind of what they did at the auction. I, I loved the Lockie Ferguson signing, uh, although, you know, the, the fact that uh, he cost so much potentially uh, sort of makes... You know, some of the other purchasers explain some of those. They, as you Baldy touched on before, they haven't been helped by the news that Jason Roy's pulled out of the tournament. He's, he's been replaced by Afghanistan's Ramanullah Gurbaz, who's actually the third Afghanistan player they have alongside Rashid Khan and, and Nur Ahmad. You know, I th- maybe we should talk about Roy and, and Hales and stuff here at, at this point because I did find it a bit weird that, you know, they've just played the PSL. Um, particularly in in Roy's case I I'm I'm sort of mixed because he played the PSL but that started before the IPL auction was taking place so he you know he wouldn't have known that he was going to be picked up and I also find it really hard to blame anyone for turning down money to take a rest and spend time with your family I think that's a, a very reasonable thing to do to essentially play franchise cricket but I don't know it's a it's a an interesting decision and, and I think it will legitimately hurt Gujarat in this situation. Um, you know, I know these contracts are more than one year. He'd potentially be available for for future tournaments. But yeah, I don't know. Does anyone have any general thoughts about the, the pullouts? Because there's been a lot of backlash towards the English players in particular, who, you know, I guess we've only seen a couple of English players pull out. But yeah, it seems like it's, people are unhappy about what's happened.
0: Yeah, look, you can definitely see why they'd be unhappy. I-, I would be really surprised if the players aren't having a conversation with the owners and the scouts and the people leading up to the auction and saying, look, this is a three-year deal or, you know, I, I want to be part of this franchise, but there is a chance that I'm not going to be around for every single instance of it. It, Interesting, you mentioned Alex Howes. He was at the PSL. He decided to leave the PSL. Mm. They then changed some of the quarantine rules. So he went back to the PSL um, and completed the season there and then decided to miss out on the IPL as well. And I I think probably the big point I'll make here and then uh, kind of move on because we've got five minutes on the clock (laughs) is that I think uh, from all of this, we're going to see more and more of this as, as these tournaments go on. And I think um, for mental health reasons, we can't really criticise a player for saying, do you know what, I, I'm not able to, to, to fulfil this commitment um, and I'm going to look after myself and my family and, and make a decision based on that. And I think the other thing is these guys are big names. They they will get picked up in future auctions or by teams as well. So I don't think they're necessarily worried now that they're not going to get a franchise or enough franchise gigs to uh, to pay their bills. Mm.
3: Yeah, well, look, I, and as you said, we've only got a few minutes, so we'll quickly run on to some of the strengths and weaknesses. I, I really think a strength is, is going to be that bowling attack. I just, I, I have huge, if Lockie can stay fit, I, I just have huge reps on the, the sort of potential that he has to be one of the best T20 bowlers in the world. Just the way that he's been able to build his his arsenal of, of skills at, at that level. And yeah, I, I just really think he can he can do a good job there. They've got Rashid Khan, as we mentioned before, they've got Mohammed Shami, who's, a, you know, a steady contributor in, in this uh, this format. You've got a young player like Sai Kishore, who can um, back up your, your spin bowling department as well. So, yeah, I think that's a, a big strength for them. On the flip side, the batting again, I think is, is really weak and I just don't know. I don't even really know who's going to be in that side. If you look, if you run through kind of the the players that they've got, we, you know, from an overseas perspective we've talked about Rashid Khan or Ahmad who I would love to see them actually play young leg spinner um, from Afghanistan only 17 uh, and looked a real talent in that um, under 19 world cup but you know you've got David Miller who's probably going to have to feature Matthew Wade I think will have to feature and then you've got players like Alzari Joseph Dominic Drakes they're just players that haven't really been uh established IPL players that doesn't mean they can't contribute but it's sort of yeah a weird one that they and even that they spent a lot of those resources on seam bowlers um when potentially the the batting is what I think is the the weaker side of that particularly with Jason Roy out
2: yeah Yeah. they've got so they've got players who can chip away at a total but Mm. if something goes wrong in the bowling and they're chasing 200 where the run's going to come from. Well, yeah, I mean, it. you
1: have a look at that side top to bottom. Shubman Gill, Matthew Wade could go up to the top of the order as good as he's been for Australia, batting at sort of 6-7 and finishing. Otherwise, you're looking at Vijay Shankar and, and guys like uh, Ridiman Saha to bat at the top of the order. Yeah, and, with, and I mean, Hardik Pandya is going to have to carry a big load. He and Tawati are both are going to have to go a lot of their runs. Mm.
2: Just one thing before we move on, I just want to ask you, Stu, about Rashid Khan. Uh, coming into the side where he probably has a little bit of support, uh, compared to the last few years. Do you think that he's going to really benefit from that, not being able to just be blocked out for 24 balls?
3: That that was going to be my comment. Yeah, that in recent times, his, his bowling, they've just been able to defend him. If if Lockie can do a job, if Shami can do a job, and, and as I said, Kishore, Kishore or you know, Tewatia, if, Pandia, if he even bowls, there's a lot more balance to that attack. And if, yeah, if, if you have to attack Rashid Khan, he's a completely different proposition to... Uh, to just blocking him out and taking twenty four off his four overs.
0: We move on now to last year's beaten finalists, the Kolkata Knight Riders. So we'll take a little bit of a look at what they've uh, got to offer. This is one of the teams that I've got my eye on. I think um, the Andre Russell connection for me is the um, the thing that kind of keeps uh, me interested in the KKR. One of two overseas players that they retained with Sunil Narine as well, his compatriot, and um, keeping as well Venkatesh Iyer. Um, and then also from a, a, an Indian perspective as well, keeping Chakradhati as well, which I think a, a good bit of a good bit of business, and um, really ruthless with the axing of Owen Morgan, who'd been such a big part of the franchise. Mm. Worth mentioning, I think the Kiwi connection with uh, Brendan McCollum, um, great mates actually with Owen Morgan, um, keeping the coaching the coaching reins. And I, I guess for me, the, the key strengths really is that again, a little bit like last year, their overseas list. I think gives them heaps and heaps of options with uh, Andre Russell, Narine, Pat Cummins. We've got Mohamed Nabe, who can obviously offer that um, quality um, spin that we've seen. Um, as being really, really key in, in the IPL. Uh, Karuna Ratney from Sri Lanka as well. Um, m- my questions really d- do focus a little
3: bit on who misses out and, and how they balance um, that side. You know, Just just on that, do you think Finch, you know, his, who has come in as a replacement yeah. player for Hales, do, do you think that he steps in and automatically becomes kind of the fourth overseas player? Well, well you would have thought that Hales would
0: have started at the top of the order yeah. given his franchise form. So uh, you've got to say that that's probably a like-for-like um, scenario I, I think that you know the key for me is whether or not they can squeeze Sam Billings in you know um, they've got some other options with the gloves but you know that they, they've picked him um, as one of those sort of overseas spots and picked him up um, for, for some decent coins so yeah I wonder what yeah wonder what their thoughts are there I, I just wonder whether or not from a weakness perspective in the 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 kind of guys who can bat in the middle order properly, and um, they don't have those kind of players like a Steve Smith or a Kane Williamson. They've got a lot a lot of firepower, mm-hmm. but you know, do they have um yeah do they have that sort of um, ballast in the middle order?
1: I think they'll probably be looking at ajinki Rahane to provide them that 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 role because you've got Billings and Runner at the top. Narayan can float both Ayers. And, and Andre Russell, that's, there's a lot of firepower there. I think they're probably going to play Rahane something like a Steve Smith kind of role batting at three or four to anchor the innings. If that can be such a word used in in the T20 context.
2: Do you you reckon Tim Southey gets to go in the, in in this bowling lineup with the likes of Pat Cummins and Andre Russell able to do both sides of the, the game there?
1: Yeah,
0: I I do think Russell they probably see more in that finisher role with the bat, and, and any overs they get out of him almost sort of are a little bit of a bonus. Um, so I look, I think it might be a, not necessarily a shootout between savvy and Cummins, but I can see them kind of rotating those guys throughout the course of um, the tournament. That you know that would be how I would potentially uh, potentially look at it. And and look, I guess um, both of them offer a little bit with the bat, um, although you know they would hope that that's. Uh, that's not necessarily uh, the case. <laughs> Does he sell the offer will... a
2: bit with a bat? Well, he well, can uh, hit a
0: six. He, d- he did back in his debut uh, uh, for, yeah, for, <laughs> for for New Zealand, I think, 70-odd, and then, uh, yeah, has sort of petered out since
3: then, really, hasn't he? Yeah, it hasn't. hasn't uh, test, look, test cricket's where my gripe is with Tim Sally's batting. He can so hit A6. Let's move it? on. He can hit lots of sixes, which is valuable in the IPL. And and, and look,
0: for me, as a, as a local player, I, look, I think actually Shreyas Iyer is going to be really, really key coming into captain the side at... Um, yeah, Vinker Tshaye. No, Sh- they've got Sorry, both. Sh- 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 they're both. Is yeah, Sh- they? Sh- 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 both eyes. Sh- Sh- wow. Yeah, so Shresha Sh- Sh- named as as captain. So look, I think that that's a big. A big set of shoes to fill from a tactical perspective, although, you know, he has got the likes of test captain Ajinka Rahane, um, Not obviously the regular test captain, but he's done the job. Aaron Finch is obviously a pretty decent white ball skipper. And uh, Pat Cummins. And, and Pat Cummins. So no shortage of leadership options in that team. But Andre Russ. Uh, Andre Russ. Um, not for particularly captaincy, but um, certainly from a tactical perspective. Um, but yeah, look, I, I just I just wonder, not won the tournament since 2014. Uh, a few changes at the top, uh, how, the, how the, the Knight Riders are
3: going to go. Do, do you guys think, uh, you know, there was a big raps on Venkateshire, Natish Rana, Mavi, you know, in their run to the, to the finish. I'm really interested to see if those guys are kind of the real deal. Because uh, yeah, it's a, it's a big question. You know, you see a lot of players in the IPL. They have kind of one great season, and then they they can get elevated and get a big money deal, or and then you know maybe they fade away, or they just don't have the impact in in different um, franchises. I know most of these guys are coming back to the same franchise, but yeah, big question mark around the strength of this side is is whether those sort of players can can show that that they can perform regularly and be match winners. We'll nail our colours to the mast a
0: little bit later in the pod and give some predictions as the timer um, goes off on the Kolkata Knight Riders. Let's move on to the second expansion team in the draft and take a look at Lucknow. And they are the Super Giants. Not just one uh, giant, but Super Giants. Yeah,
2: Can we please refer to them as LSG going forward? We can. With, uh, Lucknow Super Giants. Yes, they are a uh, one of the expansion teams there. I actually think if I look at the auction results and who they brought in, I actually think they're probably on the weaker side of things. I think they probably struggled a little bit with who they've picked up. And and the main reason I'm going with that is one of their weaknesses I'm going to lead with that, I think their balance is going to be a real issue for them this year because most of their superstar power in terms of match winners are in their overseas players and they can only play four of those every game, as we know. But looking at their local players, we'll go through those really quickly. I'll start off with Avesh Khan, a um, big money signing from uh, the auction. He had a great performance last year, but he really needs to continue that this year. And LSG will need him to, to his performance to match that price tag. What, what did you guys think about his price tag that he got at the auction? I
0: don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that says it all, doesn't it? A lot, it's, it's, a lot of money. it's yeah. I, and I think look, um, news breaking that Mark Wood's injured um, in uh, an elbow injury, and we know how en- elbow injuries in England fast bowlers goes lately. So. That's put a lot more pressure on Avesh Khan. I think throughout the course of the tournament, he's going to be really leading that you know that pace attack, and he's going to be so key uh, as one of the you know the Indian contingent that helps to balance that side and get as many of those overseas as they can.
2: Yeah, and just going further down that, that local list, you've got Ravi Bishnoi, who managed to break in to the Indian side at the. I, oh, I think that was I a good
3: pick up. I, good pick yeah, up. I, I thought he's he's performed really well whenever I've seen him in, in the IPL. Yeah, I think he's a, a talented young player, and, and um, yeah, can really. Strengthen that spin attack and, and kind of anchor it.
2: And uh, yes, I agree. And and Rahul, I think that he's actually going to probably grow an inch. I feel because he, he's the man, the myth, the legend from Kings Punjab, I believe. But he seemed to be all by himself a lot of the time, mm. uh, batting through an in innings. But his combination with Quentin de Kock, who's also in there uh, at the top of the order, will be crucial. Um, yeah, I, I just I think that he's going to go better this year having a little bit of support.
1: Those fringe Indian players: Manish Pandey, Deepak, Deepak Hooda, Krunal Pandey. Pandya, um, Ravi Bishnoi, Avish Khan, they, they seem to have a lot of fringe Indian players, but they are going to rely heavily on their overseas to get runs and take wickets, aren't they?
2: 100% and you uh, you left out Shabazz Nadim as well there who is a fringe Indian player. They're not the match winners that I've seen that, that are going to be required to win games consistently yeah. in the IPL. Well, as with points, points to prove though. Agree. So, yeah, Points could, to prove. Good work in their favour. When you look at the overseas players, we've talked about Quentin De Kock already, how crucial he's going to be at the top of the order. Um, even Lewis, Jason Holder, Kyle Mayers, That's a West Indian contingent. Mm-hmm. Good players in their own right. Are they going to be able to win games consistently for, for IPL teams? I don't know. Marcus Stoinis, I'm really excited to see how he goes in the IPL. If he can bring his form from tournaments like the Big Bash into the IPL. If he gets the chance to do that, I think that he can be a real game changer for them. But opportunity has been his issue. Uh, Mark Wood, the obligatory fast bowler who might not be there now, uh, that's going to be an issue and cause issues with their balance in their pace bowling attack. Yeah,
1: I think they're going to rely on Jason Holder now, as as Sun, as Sunrisers did when he came into their side last year. I think he came in as an injury replacement and did quite well. So similar similar kind of role for him this year in the LSG side.
2: I uh, might be a bit a bit cruel here, but I, as their strength, I've put down their coaching staff. Yeah, because they have a really strong coaching staff. They'll be tactically very strong with that. They've got uh, Ad- Andy Flower, Gautam Gambhir, and Andy Bickle. They're coaching their bowling as well. So they've got a lot of international experience there, uh, and. They'll be hard to beat tactically. It's whether they can execute on the field.
0: Yeah, Richard Housel as well on that uh, staff as the fielding coach done a lot of work with England um, back in the day when we could play cricket as well and, 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 <laughs> and had uh, yeah had a, a decent uh, a decent fielding unit. So um, yeah, look, uh, um, I'm disheartened by the fact that I think I said that they had a great auction and uh, um,
2: just... I oh yeah I yeah we had that discussion at the time. I didn't think they had a great auction. They don't have the players I think can win. Win them games, and that is the one big question I've got for them. KL
3: Rahul's the, the 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 fly in the ointment there, isn't it? Is he is he the at Punjab Kings? There was a lot of chatter about him almost being the problem, even though he'd win the. Purple cap or the blue cap or whatever whatever it is when they the most runs.
1: It's almost a talk of empty stats with KL Rahul, yeah. isn't it? He scores a lot of runs but doesn't impact winning, which I never really agreed with. Sc- but scoring, scoring we'll see. eighty we'll runs,
2: see. scoring ninety runs at one hundred and twenty or one hundred and forty or whatever, that's not always going to get you over the line, especially in the IPL when you've got so much firepower. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the the just to finish it off, my yeah, who are their match winners? KL Rahul, Quinton de Kock, Marcus Stoinis. In my head, I don't see them as aces in the hole, to use a poker analogy. Um, uh, they have the potential to do it, but I just I feel other teams have, have those match winners that are just going to take it away from them on, on, a, on a nightly basis.
1: Yeah, lots of, lots of middle-of-the-road kind of players there, and it's a case of whether or not this side is going to be bigger than the sum of their parts in terms of being able to win nine or ten games to get into that Final Four.
0: Well, that just about wraps up this first half of our IPL 2022 preview. You've heard the explainer. You've heard the runners and riders of the first five teams in the competition stay tuned in the second half of the preview which will be coming up very soon in your podcast feed but for now it's good night and god bless from us all here in auckland for this top order podcast ipl preview see you soon